On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, is it okay to judge these Pelicans as banged up as they are? The Saints lose their arch rivals, but we're not feeling too bad about it. They're going to move City Hall. Airbnb's not paying taxes. We got reptiles and Wendy's. You are going to want to stick around for this and so much more on Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush. It is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. And the Pelicans still can't win a game, but we are here right for you at the Bud Light Live Studios. Scott Kushner here alongside my good friend, Mr. Andrew Polk. Andrew Polk. How you doing? I think I'm going to start doing that as my intro because I always go like, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, like Krusty the Clown. Yes. I think I'm just going to start saying my own name like Steve Holt. Just jump in when I say Mr. Andrew Polk. <laughs> That's right. The you said the Pelicans himself. You said the Pelicans can't win a game. The Pelicans have won a game. That's the <laughs> most accurate thing. The Pelicans can win a game. A single game. They've won a game. So, uh, um, it's not pretty out there. No, it's not specifically pretty outside of the Bud Light with Mango Studio. How are you? I'm doing great. The weather in this city is beautiful. Uh, I am having a wonderful time enjoying. Everything about the city of New Orleans has to offer right now, with the exception of the basketball team. But other than that, uh, pretty damn good, man. How have you been? Uh, I've been decent. I did a comedy show on Friday at the Dragon's Den. It went pretty well. Thanks for coming out, Polk and Kush Nation. Yeah, they were all there, everybody in their hats and shirts. Yeah, I said we were storming some kind of capital when <laughs> they all came out. I didn't really get into it, but everybody paid cover. We had a good time. Would they have a good crowd? We had a pretty good crowd. Yeah, don't yeah, don't push it too much. But <laughs> <laughs> I will tell the truth if pushed. But no, we uh, Vincent Zambon over at the Dragon Stand every Friday at eight o'clock. Go check it out. Nice. It was fun. Yeah, I need to get over there one time and go see that. Uh, I saw a significantly less famous comedian than you. Yeah. Uh, I saw Mr. John Mulaney. Is that the guy from Police Academy that does all the noises? <laughs> That's him. That's him. Uh, yeah, I went to Mahalia Jackson. Uh, that Armstrong Park, it's pretty, pretty nice little place. I like it. They uh, Was the parking leaving horrific? Because that was my one problem. I parked on Rampart. There you go. I got there early. I went to a restaurante mm -hmm. on Rampart can't remember the name of it and then i we had a nice little walk into the park i was like this is like a, a real city i was like i'm not terrified of things everybody there's like a lot of people around I was yeah like, this is great and uh the show was fun and you know it was a uh it was like it was a nice back to normal kind of thing and then nobody was wearing a mask they did check vaccines but it was it was it just felt 
very uh, like a adult night out, which I don't get very often. Well, that's nice. And you park like you can take your chances over there. You can get in the lot and be stuck there forever. Or you can park your car in Rampart and never see your car again. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, but you. But if you do that, you, there's not much traffic. You're a gambling man. Yeah. <laughs> you'll roll. It's a, it's a valid point. Bob Seger, you'll... Did he sing <laughs> Rambling Gambling Man? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be Bob Seger. <laughs> Who else would sing Rambling Gambling Man? Now, you did... Uh, you said it was like the city, like a nice city night over there. That was before the time change. Yes. Now it's the ghouling hour yeah. <laughs> yeah, at 5 like, p.m. Yeah, it's 5 o'clock and the sun's down. Everybody's racing out of there like Mad Max to get home uh, at the middle of the night. <laughs> What's my usual plan was I would get to work like ten minutes late. Yeah, I'd stay a little late to make up for it. Uh-huh. Now with the time change and the uh, encroaching darkness, I can't be late anymore because I have to leave <laughs> immediately at five, or I will be consumed by the night. <laughs> the night man uh, cometh over the French Quarter <laughs> as you are uh, walking home. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's depressing. I don't like daylight savings. If you have kids, it's just the worst. Like It seems like everything's worse with children. Well, that's definitely true. I mean, only if you like things like money and time and freedom and flexibility <laughs> and, uh, you know, you don't like being annoyed all day. But other than that, they're the best. Uh, but your the appreciation of daylight savings is really dependent on how many people under five years old live in your house. Yeah. If it's zero, you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, it's eight. This is I have a whole <laughs> extra hour of a Sunday. This is going to be amazing. I might get brunch. Like, what a what a wonder. I'm going to watch CBS Sunday morning. I'm going to go take a walk. Whoa. Uh, and uh, you feel like a nice, productive. I remember these days. And uh, when you have very small children, <laughs> it's you wake, you hear, ah! And you look at your at your phone, and it's five forty five in the morning, and you just start throwing things through the window, and you're like, "Oh God, I'm gonna just leave them in there." What happens if I just leave them in there? They can't arrest you for it. No, they can't arrest you for it. And it's like, if we leave them in there for an hour, they'll adjust. If we just trap them in the room for an hour, by tomorrow they'll be good. Yeah, it's like dogs. <laughs> exactly, you got a great trainer. I shouldn't say you can say stuff like, "Yeah, I lock my kids in the in the basement." No one cares. If I joked about like locking a dog, and I oh, would, yeah. they would kick down the door immediately. <laughs> but in between all the daylight savings fun, uh, we have had to watch an unfortunate amount of basketball. Uh, how much of the Belgians have you gotten a chance to watch in the last uh, couple weeks? You know, week? gotten a chance to. <laughs> I've had the chance. <laughs> Subjected yourself to. I've had the chance to see all of them. Yeah. But also, I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's back. <laughs> Let's change the podcast to be a review of Curb and Succession. The podcast has no set boundaries. <laughs> no. It's free-flowing. It's gender. There's no form... <laughs> Or style, it can be whatever we want it to be, depending on which way we wake up in the morning. It was born as a sports podcast. Born as a sports podcast. <laughs> now it identifies as Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, Hot Dog Ranking. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've subjected myself to a few games. Yeah. It's, it's just a muddled blur, yeah. really, because... What's your takeaway from three games ago? What's your takeaway from five games ago? 
What's your takeaway from last night or two nights ago against the Mavericks? Well, the takeaway is the same. The team needs help. The team is not good. (laughs) The team is not doing great. As Joe Namath would say, the team is struggling. Yeah. That is, uh, it's, it's. The only question that there really is to talk about with this team, and we're not going to go through the same Zion bullshit. We'll get where they're moving to. (laughs) (laughs) The only question is, is it fair to judge these results without their two best players? Can you take anything away from watching these games? Because there's a lot of overprotective moms in the uh, Pelicans Twitter sphere, mm-hmm. who are basically throwing up giant stop signs, they've got they're the they're the Twitter police, and they're standing out in front of the wreckage, and they're saying, "Move along, nothing <laughs> to see here. You're not allowed to talk about this game. It doesn't matter. We have officially declared that this is bullshit, and that uh, as long as Brandon Ingram and Zion are out, there's nothing to be judged, and therefore uh, there's it's pointless to do." Anything, and uh, I don't really uh, subscribe to that method, or, or um, you know, ascribe to the uh, the terminology of that. And so here we sit. I think they've got some serious problems, and I think they're being exposed on a level that they probably would not have been exposed had Zion and Ingram been able to play the last, you know, ten games, eleven games. No, and I think we have to look at the reality of the situation, which is the Twitter moms are, I think. Correct. You cannot judge this team based on them missing the two best players, the two key players, the players that the team is around. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't change a thing. No. This team, uh, the season is in danger immediately. Yeah, it's a uh, real problem. The team is a bummer for when these guys get back and have to dig themselves out of a hole. So is it unfair to say that this team sucks because Zion and Brandon aren't there? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Because that's not how the team is designed. Does it matter if we say that? No. Because the team is losing. The team has a losing culture around it. And uh, I would say that confidence in the team and the organization is at an all-time low since uh, the yeah. Anthony Davis uh Debacle. Yeah, I would say since uh, the lottery night uh, when Zion came in, uh, since that moment, I would say this is the lowest that the team has been as far as self-esteem goes. Uh, there were stretches, you know, the first season with Zion where they lost 13 straight games. That was bad. Uh, but, you know, Zion was There was a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Zion was a rookie. Anything's kind of possible. With a big boulder blocking it that turned out to be Zion. <laughs> yes. Uh, now it's like, all right, in three years, you were supposed to have developed a team around Zion capable of, uh, of complimenting him, but also capable of, like, you know, being a good basketball team. And while everybody's roles have, have to kind of grow up like you have to do more if you're Nikhil Alexander Walker you have to do more because Zion and Ingram aren't there same with Valanchunas or Devontae Graham all these guys are having to do more but they're still essentially having to play basketball and what's being exposed is that all a lot of these draft picks particularly Alexander Walker Jackson Hayes Kyra Lewis they can't 
do shit. They can't do anything right. They're really, uh, they're struggling big time. They've done absolutely no uh, notable improvement in the last three years of being in the NBA. And when you're in year three and you're a first-round draft pick, especially two of those guys are lottery picks, uh, it's a real problem. And I think it exposes a lack of depth and a, and a, a big problem area of developing talent inside this franchise that uh, how do you get around that this is just it it needs to be pointed out that that is a problem can you do you need to contextualize everything with also saying Zion and Ingram are out which is painting this and making it worse than it is yes but I think these things are very real problems that deserve to be discussed and the the concept of just like waving flares in front of people's face and saying like no you're not allowed to talk about it is bullshit well, I think the the question that maybe people saying you're not allowed to talk about it is, are you judging these players getting better on being the role player that they're supposed to be to Zion and Brandon Ingram, or are you judging them on getting better as an all-around player that's doing more than they were probably supposed to with that Brandon and Zion gap in the team? You know, I, I feel like we flip-flopped a little on Nikhil like, Nikhil has shown a lot of stride. Even earlier in the season, the first couple games, especially in the preseason, he looked confident in shooting, and, and the team yeah. needed him to do that. And now the shots aren't falling. You know, if he was... You know, we've, we've seen this happen so much. Like, when the, stop sh- when the, when the shots stop falling, like for Nikhil, and, uh, like for J.J. Redick, yeah. like for Nicolo Melli. Uh-huh. We just see that continue like they did with uh, that fucking guy that went to Europe and became an MVP and champion almost immediately. Oh, uh, Miritich. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. we don't see people. C- the Pelicans don't have slumps. The Pelicans <laughs> have cliffs. <laughs> when a player on the Pelicans starts to suck, they suck until they go to another team. Yeah. Yeah. Is that wrong? It does feel that way. There's not a lot of uh, ups and downs. Uh, it just, it, everyone, what you want to see, the only thing you really want to see, right, is an, an, an arc. Oh, no, I know what I want to see. <laughs> an arc that's moving upward in trajectory, regardless of the speed of it and regardless of really the destination, you just want to <clears> see continual improvement, and then you can kind of believe in the product as a whole. And you're just not getting that from from watching this team at all. The only player that I would say is playing at a level that you would expect or hope for is Valanciunas. Ooh, I was going to say Josh Hart, but and I agree. Hart, I agree yeah. with you as well. That's actually that's fair. Josh Hart <clears throat> certainly played very well against Dallas, and he's had some nice moments. Uh, he missed a couple games with injury early on, but he missed the correct amount of games with injury. Yes, yes, he missed the <laughs> amount of games. It was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, he's back? Oh, okay. That makes sense that he was out that long. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's a little mystifying to watch it and be like, well, they still they still have their starting backcourt, and they're just not very good. Like, what else can you say? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is who the backcourt was. Now, should they have less pressure on them? Of course. But they're still the starting backcourt. Like, no matter what kind of shots Alexander Walker is getting, he's taking bad ones in addition to, to the ones that he's getting that are good. You know, like, he's missing good shots. He's also taking bad shots. It's a combination of all of it, and it's a... Uh, it's... it's I, I am waiting to reserve ultimate judgment on those guys to be like, oh, you're a bust until you see at least a semblance of this team together. But 
I think it's certainly safe to question what the hell is going on from a developmental standpoint that none of these guys that have come through, either they scouted them wrong, they're developing them wrong, they're doing something that is not, they're not emerging at the rate at which you would hope. Kyra Lewis looks fucking terrible. Terrible. Uh, and he as a backup point guard. And like, that's the role he should be in as backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that different. Uh, Jackson Hayes got benched again. He got benched the first year. He got benched the second year. He got benched this year. You got to wake up this guy every time uh, that you're into the season. Like, there just needs to be a little bit clearer picture in order for everyone to feel good. But again, I understand that that you need to contextualize all of it, but there are some problems uh, that go into it. Now, how long can this go on where you're one in 10, the worst record in the NBA before it's like, do you start thinking of making trades? You're thinking of making moves like I don't uh, you just can't be this bad for this long. Right. Like this is this is not just not good. This is like the worst team in the league. Any other team that was one in 10, you'd be talking about them tanking. Yeah, but they're not. There should not be a team that's doing that. Well, if there was a one in ten team with two stars that were out, um, you might look to who those stars were. If you know the Lakers aren't doing great this season, I think they're in the eighth seed currently in the West. Yeah. If AD and LeBron had been out since Game One and they were around that level, you would have confidence in those players coming back and their um, how long they've been in the league. And definitely. definitely and you would have the confidence that they could turn it around. There's there's no attitude of losing around that team. So you'd have confidence in it in New Orleans. There might be two all stars, but they haven't really proven anything other than they can be all stars one season. Yeah, uh, it's just it's hard to. Even having confidence in the team sounds like the wrong phrasing. Mm-hmm. It, it It's really just like a matter of giving a shit. Yeah, it's very hard to maintain interest uh, for a lot of people. I don't bl- and I don't blame anybody at this point uh, for, for, you know, it's we're still not even to Thanksgiving. And it feels like you're in this kind of hole. You do know these guys are sitting out there, though. And it's like it, it makes it so difficult because you can't just kind of like slap your hands and say they're terrible. The last time they were this bad, uh, I think the Pelicans started in 2004. They were one and 19 and started two and 29. That was a team that was the worst team in the NBA mm-hmm. <laughs> for basically the first, you know, four months of the season. I don't think this is a team that's that bad, but you also have to show some sign of progress and we just haven't seen it. So entering Wednesday night, which if you if you are listening to this on the day the podcast drops, uh, that will be today. Uh, <laughs> what? If you're listening to this. If you're listening to this now, it's today. It's today. Exactly. <laughs> if you're listening to this the day the podcast drops, if you're listening to it the day after the podcast drops, they played last night. Uh, um, it's a big game because it's a, really their only chance to win for a while against Oklahoma City. I can't think of many opportunities you're going to have against a similar talented team until those guys come back. Uh, and we also just have no idea what's going on with Brandon Ingram. Like Brandon Ingram has a, has a bruise and he's been out for five games. 
I, I don't know how that works. I, 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 that seems like something he should be able to play through. And the fact that he's not, he's their leader, he's their heart, he's their soul, all the stuff you heard about from the offseason workouts in Nashville, and he's not playing through something that is probably just a pain threshold thing, that seems problematic on its face. So we don't have a lot of information about that. I just found it, I just find it to be weird every game. They're like, he's questionable. Eh, he's not playing. Well, it's also, uh, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up regarding this team uh, concerning injuries to stars because of so many lies that have been put forth already. Yeah. Like, you know, bone bruise? Is that all it is? Uh, exactly. Why are we hearing about it? I know. It's like, eh. It's uh, not really comparable to other bone bruise injuries. No. No. It is. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't want to speculate on what Ingram's injury is. It just is weird. It hasn't changed. And yet what started is like a. Oh, he he played the whole game, the game before. Uh-huh. He didn't miss any time. And then he, then the next game, they're like, oh, yeah, he's out. Well, and what, it's just lingered. What normally happens is when you speculate to something on this, the, the morning the podcast comes out, there will be <laughs> some statement about it. So by the time that you're listening to this, maybe it's 11 a.m., 12 p.m. on Wednesday morning, uh, the, the Pelicans will have put out a statement saying that Scott Kushner is a domestic terrorist. <laughs> Brandon Ingram's bruise has spread throughout his body. It is now a brain bleed. Yeah. He's got he's got full body bruise. <laughs> he looks he looks like Grimace. He's purple. <laughs> oh man, it is uh this team is is God bless any of you who still how who are still watching. How honestly. about Shaq and Charles Barkley? Brutal. I mean, that was brutal. Hilarious or Hilarious. brutal? I was laughing, but they said, in case you missed it, they uh, showed pictures of Zion working out. And, I mean, Zion's clothes are tight. Uh, let's put it that They're way. They're a little tight. They're, he, they don't make clothes. He's looking a little brave these <laughs> days. A little beautiful. A and, little body positive. And what was the exact line? It was... Uh, he said... Chuck said he looks like if me and Shaq had a baby. Oh. <sighs> Now, we don't know what <laughs> era, you know, Shaq, uh, Magic Shaq was pretty svelte. Shaq on LSU was like 240. He was a small guy. Char- you know, Charles Barkley on the 76ers, his rookie year, he was pretty svelte as well. Maybe that's what he meant by it. Uh, probably, probably not since they all started uh, cracking up and crying and left the set. Yes. Uh, like really, I think why Shaq was laughing was because he's been getting uh, phone calls from Zion's people saying, I want to be the spokesperson for Papa John's. <laughs> Shaq, will you step down? I'll trade you Gatorade for Papa John's. Uh, yeah, man. It, it's is current. it mean? Yeah. yeah. It is mean. It's mean. It's mean. It's also like... The territory when you make a hundred million dollar endorsement. When you know when you uh you know are an athlete and you play sports for money and there is a certain level of professionalism that goes with that that includes yeah. your body. Of course we make jokes on a podcast. We're morons, you know. Yeah, you could sure is Zion in better shape than us, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to play him in the celebrity game? (laughs) Better to be a basketball? Absolutely. (sighs) Two-mile race? I don't know. Yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying, uh, he's definitely, he's he's big. 
He should not be that big. Whether or not that's the reason he's not playing, though, I think is the leap that everyone has kind of naturally taken. And we don't really know that to be true. We're just sort of trying to fill in gaps with what we see and then compare it to what we know. And we don't know anything because Zion hasn't talked. The team is having trouble sort of explaining exactly what it is that's happening other than like it's taking a long time for bone to heal. They set an expectation that was probably unrealistic on the front end. And here we are. So uh, we're making up for it in, in this way. So long way to go. We'll see when Zion gets back. We'll see when Ingram gets back. We'll see when the tire fire stops burning. Uh, anyway, we will switch over to something a lot more fun. The Saints losing to their arch rivals. <laughs> we'll be right back. Polk and Kush. Ale on Oak, everyone. If you're looking for a beer, if you're looking for a cocktail, if you are looking for a nice meal in a beautiful patio with beautiful weather, and hey, you actually want one of the games of the team that you like? That's why you got to go to Ale on Oak right there on Oak Street, half a block off of Carrollton, 30 beers on tap, full menu, the best patio in all of Uptown. Polk, it pays to be beautiful over there, though. You know, we've uh, we've actually been getting tweets, people saying, I can't watch the Pelicans game. Somebody said they went to a pretty popular bar, yeah. and they wouldn't put the Pelicans game on. Guess who said, hey, we've got it on right now? Ale. Ale on Oak. On this Oak. is no joke. You can look at our timeline. You can find it. Ale. Somebody at Ale responded. They're like, yeah, I'm watching the game here right now. Uh, I've been going to L for games because it is impossible to watch them in your own home. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is a big problem. Uh, it's hard to see Pelicans games in your home. They've got them on at L. They've got 30 beers on draft. They have an actual full menu, and they have a nice courtyard patio. Uh, nice date night, too. Sneak her out there. Don't tell her there's a game on. Go, <laughs> honey, I remembered it's your birthday. Let's go to Ale on Oak, and I'll sit in the chair facing the TV for no reason. That's right. Can't imagine a better place to be. A nice, wonderful, moonlit night over at Ale on Oak. Of course, college football Saturdays, they are going to have the tag is on against Arkansas. They're mm-hmm. going to have Tulane on against Tulsa. That'll be Saturday. And then the Saints Sunday afternoon against the Titans. No questions, no fuss, no muss. And in between there, all the Pelicans games that you can handle. Nothing you have to do. You don't have to walk in and have an awkward conversation with some bartender who's reading the Grapes of Wrath underneath the the bar. (laughs) And you're like, oh, hey, man, do you want to put on the game? He looks at you like, the game? This is just childish. No, Ale's already going to have it on. You don't have to think about it. Go to Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. Is a sponsor. And if you have any holiday parties or anything like that you're looking into, check them out. That's a perfect venue. They do uh, corporate parties. They do holiday parties. You can rent out the place, rent out the patio. There's specials. Give them a call. Give them an email. Ale on Oak. Find them. Yeah. At Ale on Oak on Twitter. I think that's the same on, uh, on Instagram. 
Just give them a call. Look them you up. Can Google find them. It. You can find it. I have faith in our fans. They'll be able to find it. You can also email us at pokenkush at gmail.com. We will put you in touch with the folks. And, at it. and if you have a private party there, we are automatically invited. So we will be there. That's true. If, you know, Enron has a party there, we're invited. <laughs> Monsanto will be there. Intergy will be there. Latoya will be there. That's right. We will come dressed as your favorite presidents. Yep. So you pick. William Howard Taft in. <laughs> there you go. George H.W. Bush. I'm there. Maybe. Uh, I went that, to the Saints game. Oh, yeah. So did I. I went to the Saints game in person. IRL. Good seats. Uh-huh. Good meats. Yeah. Good drinks. Good times. Good times. Great well, oldies. <laughs> good times until, you know, the end. Uh Nice little atmosphere in the dome. Definitely felt a little sleepy. I felt like there was a little hangover there from the uh, from the Tampa game, huh? Yeah, as far as the team is concerned, yes. The people I was around, not sleepy. Yeah. Jacked up on uh, <laughs> Delta 8. <laughs> uh, the team did not have it together for any... For any semblance of of unity, there was nothing happening. Nobody could catch a ball. Yeah. Here's the thing. Old Seaman, he played fine. <laughs> I didn't play fine. But nobody. He was, I mean, like, he wasn't, like, he wasn't vintage breeze, but he was a perfectly capable he was quarterback. He was a perfectly Matt White-level quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I did not have a, I mean... I don't think they should have been favored by what they were favored by. I bet against them because I thought Trevor Simeon should not be getting seven points against anybody. But really what it was is that the Saints receivers can't get open. And I think it bared out. Somebody showed me the advanced metrics. It was like the guy getting the least separation in the NFL last week was Kenny Stills. I think the third worst was Marquez Callaway. And then uh, Trey Smith wasn't far behind. These guys are bad, and then even when he's hitting them in the hands, I mean, the goddamn Trout Man is dropping everything. Trout Man. He's got fish hands. Trout Man. (laughs) He stinks. Stinks. The fish stinks. (laughs) From the head. It rots from the head. Uh, Yeah, it was, it's, it's. He was hitting Troutman in the hands. uh, He you can Ridiculous. you can do your advanced biometrics all you want. Look, yeah. I don't listen to doctors anymore since COVID. <laughs> I'm not listening to these football scientists either. I don't believe it. I saw his hands. They grasped the ball, yeah. and then he sneezed, and yeah. it was gone. It's very fresh. Troutman, the most hated man in the Superdome by far, in my section. Yeah. And my section... Looked a lot like me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so there was no other motivation. These people hated Troutman. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Troutman, did. he lived up to his name of being a stinky fish. Yes. Let down on the man part. Much like the anal zone used to live up to his name every week <laughs> as he was probed through. What uh, is with these stinky honkies? <laughs> uh do I need to edit that out? Yeah, can no. I say honky? Yeah, you can say All it. right. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> they know I was thinking it. <laughs> I, I come away, though, like th- feeling almost the same about the Saints. Not in that, like, oh, they're this dog shit team. They can't get anything right. Whatever it is. I think they actually 
the fact they came back, I thought was really impressive in the fourth quarter. I think they have some areas that obviously need to get cleaned up, but I think they're going to, I think what they've shown through these first eight games or however many it is, they're five and three, right? Mm -hmm. They're like a fringe playoff team, which is kind of exactly where we thought they'd be. And we didn't think they'd be as hurt as they are. And they're still that team. Like, they were very close to winning this game. If it's not for that sack fumble, they almost certainly do win this game. And that was one really bad play. And then you can think of, like, a hundred other self-inflicted problems that they had that seemed very easy to clean up. I don't... I actually come away from this pretty encouraged, which is shocking because after the Buccaneers game, I was like, this is fool's gold, which is why I bet against him. Mm. But I, I do actually, like, that comeback did show me offensively they can crank it up if and when they need to, and that does matter. Yeah, I agree. I think the sentiment around the, uh, the fan base would be echoing your statement if the game hadn't been in the Dome. Uh, that would have been, yeah. like, very... I thought it was a fun game maybe because I was there. I'm told it was very boring on TV. Mm-hmm. Apparently things are more fun if you have nine <laughs> beers. Also, I'm told. I was on the Jumbotron. Of course this is it was where, fun. This is where I trust scientists. When they tell me that having nine beers makes stuff more fun. You were on the... Let's not skip over you. You were the first face I saw on the Jumbotron. It was Waiter Presents Scott Kushner Play of the Game. And it was you eating a big corn dog. I had a lot of FaceTime on there. I was on there. My face was quite large on that screen. Man, I was trying to get the phone out. I I got it. uh, Thankfully, uh, Christian Clark's wife was able to uh, to snap a pic. Uh, Yeah, man, I had nice moves going. Could you tell? Could you see my moves? I didn't know what you were doing. It looked (laughs) like you were crawling on the ground, escaping enemy fire. I was doing the robot or something. I don't know what was <laughs> happening. Uh, it was, I was really on the spot. Uh, but I did, uh, you know, I was telling the guy in front of us, because the camera kind of showed up, and I was telling the guy in front of us, I was like, look, man, if you remember, Pamela Anderson was found at a football game, <laughs> and her life changed. That's true. This is our moment. <laughs> They're going to be looking on the screen, and so he's going to be like, look at that. And then you're on the next. Smoking hot guy. Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm on my own podcast. Yeah, now you're on Gay Watch. <laughs> and, uh, so that was the highlight of the game, was me being on the Jumbotron. Uh, and, and the comeback, I thought, was like a very energizing they scored three touchdowns yep. in 10 minutes, or nine nine minutes. They scored three touchdowns. Haven't seen that since that Redskins game in, yeah. like, 2018, 2017. I think 17. But, yeah, they scored three touchdowns rapid fire, no turnovers, mm-hmm. no really no mega huge plays. They just kind of efficiently went down the field and scored, and hopefully that gives them a little bit of a blueprint of what to do going forward. Though, like – I guess I sort of have an expectation of what this team is supposed to be. And they kind of met it. But by them not getting blown out, not quitting, all those kinds of things, I think that matters. And I actually think yeah. they're going to be – I think they're going to be the seventh seed in the NFC, which is considering just, everything going on. Just fine. That's a good season. I, um, I was impressed with the play from Taysom Hill. I wish he would have played more quarterback. I was wondering if, you know, that was his first game back after a while, right? Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he had the concussion. He was not uh, in the Bucks game, yeah. yeah. And he, he, I don't know his snap count, but it didn't seem like a lot to me. 
No, he didn't. I mean, he played. I guess he was playing tight end, receiver, those kinds of things a little there bit. There were no. He, he, he was not quarterback for more than three or four. Plays. Yeah, he had no targets yeah. really at all. Um, but he, he made a decent pass or two. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering whether or not using Taysom and Ingram more as like a tandem, like, mm-hmm. you know, bulldog style running back to get in there and get those dirty yards. I, I maybe, you know, there's still some lingering things from his injury. They're sure. bringing him back slowly. But uh, Taysom, I thought, was kind of the unsung hero on, on Sunday as far as leading the, I don't know, the momentum just switched when I saw Taysom out there more. It was he made two nice throws and they took him out and Simeon got the, the, the sack fumble. That was unfortunate timing because it did look like they finally had a little spark on offense after. I mean, the penalties were ludicrous on Sunday. So self-inflicted. At one point, I think they had three penalties in one play. They did. Like, it was a joke how many penalties they were getting. And they were, I think they were pretty much all legitimate. I don't, I don't think it was the refs screwing them over. It was a, uh, they just played sloppy. And, you know, I, I do believe that they're going to go to Taysom more as the weeks go on. He very clearly gives them something that Trevor Simeon doesn't. Uh, but they also can't just make him the quarterback. They don't have enough players who can make plays on the perimeter. Now, there is a receiver that just came on the market, so to speak. Yes. Odell Beckham Jr. If I know anything about this podcast, by the time you're listening to this, he will have picked a team. He will have signed with Detroit, <laughs> but... He will almost certainly have picked a team. We should do, like, uh, a few different recordings where we talk about, yeah, he just signed... Oh, crap. He went to the Rams. Oh, crap. He went to the Buccaneers. Like that old Tom Brokaw, (laughs) Dan Harvey thing. Well, it's like uh, who shot Mr. Burns. You know, they film like 10 different people who shot Mr. Burns. We'll just do that. So the Saints are going to get Mr. Burns. Yeah. At wide receiver. Washed vet. Yeah. Old guy. Stiff. Yeah. This is when we bring Breeze back. Uh, That's exactly it. That would be perfect timing. I think Odell... It's what they need as far as a playmaker right now. Uh, I think he would certainly help them stretch the field. I think he would be the so far and away the number one target that he would be happy uh, in the system. I also just expect him to go to a team that has a more proven quarterback because why wouldn't you if you're him? Yeah, and uh, you know maybe Michael Thomas's uh, injury mm-hmm. is a little. Semen induced. Yeah, I mean, I, I. But look, man, he looked every bit as good as Jameis. Yeah, he really did, with the exception of the one bad play, and you know, he's just a, a, a helpless little fawn back there, just getting annihilated when he gets it. He he draws more roughing the passing penal, penalties than any quarterback. Oh I've yeah, ever seen. he just looks like so innocent. Yeah, as he's getting just you know thrashed into the ground. They're like, well, that had to be illegal. That looked that was very violent. <laughs> this poor fella just getting crushed. Uh, well, that's and, a nice thing about having a frail, tiny quarterback <laughs> is whenever he gets hit, you can see it. You're like, oh, my God. That's why we got to get Ian Book out there. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll see what happens with the Saints going forward. Uh, I think they are pretty much who we thought they were, uh, which is not good, bad, anything in between, but they're. There's a very real possibility this team could be a lot worse than they are considering the situation, and they're not, and so it'll be, I think, at least interesting for the rest of the season, and that's as much as I can ask for right now.
Any chance for Odell, realistically? Eh, I'm going to say 25%. All right. That's a lot. We'll take it. Yeah. It'll uh, be fun. It will be fun if Odell comes to the team. It'd be fun. Hometown boy done good. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Newman kid. Uh, It'd also be nice to have a receiver who people can name. <laughs> Who, who the opponent wants to guard. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that takes us in to a little bit of local news. Little local news for you. Let's go. Last, last week, we mentioned a man. I don't even want to call him a man. <laughs> a beastly man. Uh-huh. A man of beast. Horse lover, I'll say. If you're listening to this podcast with kids, I've already said several horrific things. But maybe you'd fast forwarded through those. The kids were watching Elmo at the time. So now I'm going to refer to him as horse lover. Yes. Which is not, which is victim blaming, I Uh think. I shouldn't say love. Horse (laughs) molester. Ramon is the only good reporter left in America. I swear to God. He's going to get snatched up by parlor immediately. <laughs> a man who left behind his DNA in a New Orleans city park stable where two horses were sexually molested last year pleaded guilty Monday to sexually abusing a horse in Northern California. We broke the story. Yes. We told you about horse molester. Uh-huh. He's behind bars now. Maybe. Yeah. We... Got him. We got him, everybody. Mission accomplished. You're welcome, America. Remember George W. Bush with the mission accomplished banner behind (laughs) him? That's what's happening. But for horse molester. In the bomber bomber jacket. We got him. We got him. Look, we said we were going to protect your horses, and we are protecting your horses. I I hope, you know, maybe SEAL Team got him. I don't want to run any more animals, (laughs) but... Uh, look, if you were worried about your horses going to sleep at night in the stables because you didn't know what, what was going to happen to them, do you feel better now? Yeah. Because this podcast stepped up for you. For you. That guy that uh, shot a bunch of people on Canal Street, <laughs> like, he got, he's out on the loose still. Well, yeah, we can't do anything about that. <laughs> but the horse molester, he's behind bars. The, the horse sexman. Uh, yes. He, what sucks about the horse molester guy, beyond the horse molesting, <laughs> is he... Uh, the second worst part. He had to suspend his campaign running for mayor. I thought this guy had a a shot at it, you know? <laughs> Outside chance. Just as good as the guy with the stop sign with the Chick-fil-A font. The Chick-fil-A <laughs> logo, too. Okay, the stop sign shape and colors and it says stop. That's illegal. <laughs> and you're stealing the Chick-fil-A logo? Dude, come on. I mean, I'm going to vote for him. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, that's not, not even a question. You know Vermin Supreme? I don't. He was a wizard who was also a homeless guy in Austin, and he always ran for, like, governor mm-hmm. and would get, like, 20,000 votes. Sounds awesome. So... If he was still alive, he could run for New Orleans. What was the one in New York where they had like a debate with like sixteen people and the it was the naked cowboy? No, it was a, oh, he was the his party was the rent is too damn high. Oh, that guy. Uh, that guy's name is just the rent is too damn high guy. He looked like a he looked like he was from like 
he invented the hot air balloon. I remember that guy. George Washington Carver Jr. 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 I don't remember his name, but he was also correct. The rent is too high. The rent is too damn high. He was the original uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah? It was just like, we're going to give you stuff? That sounds good. I don't know. Yeah, why not? Uh, um, the sewage and water board got raided by the FBI this week. Why not? It was after a WWL investigation. Yeah. It's nice to know that the FBI uh, only finds out about stuff by watching the TV. <laughs> Just That's always just how like this us. stuff works. Like people have been murdered for thirty years, and they don't find out what happened until there's a net. Like, like the like the CIA is watching a Netflix documentary. Like, oh shit! Right, do something about this. Dateline's this is pretty good. <laughs> how did these guys know about it? <laughs> Should we hire the guys from Dateline? Yeah, we'll get Stone Phillips to come in here and. <laughs> And f- solve this case. Stone Phillips was on Dateline 25 years ago. I don't know if he still is. Trampoline. <laughs> what? That's from uh, Saturday Night Live. Trampoline? The trampoline. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well. Well, did they find anything? The FBI? I don't know. They haven't said yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they said they were going to... The whole thing is ridiculous. Apparently, they like told the... City 10 months ago, they were like needed a bunch of information and the city just lost the letter oh, yeah. that came in. And now the and and then Latoya was like uh, her spokesman was uh, defending it was like, oh, we still stand behind the head of the sewage and water board. We think they're doing a oh, good job. These are all problems we inherited. And someone was like, excuse me, you know, the mayor is the president of the sewage and water board. He's like. Yes, and that's why we're all doing a great job over here. It's like, okay, you're totally biased. You have absolutely no idea what's going on. Uh, She's the head of the Sewage and Water Board? Yeah, the mayor is the president of the Sewage and Water Board, which is why it was so ridiculous when all this stuff really got bad with Mitch Landrew because they found the, like, notes, and he hadn't been to a meeting in, like, six years. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, you can't blame other people. You are the president of the Sewage and Water Board, and you don't go. I wonder if that's like a second paycheck or... I'm confident there's a rabbit hole in there somewhere. It sounds like a lot of... Being president of some sort of uh, citywide utility seems like it would be a high-paying job. I know, like, a lot... You know, like, the president doesn't really get paid that... Like, the president... Makes like six figures a year, but he's a president. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Makes 40 grand. How much can you really judge him? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, he can't die and he can do anything he wants. So it's not really $400,000. It's $400,000 and being God. Uh huh. I know. It's like, oh my God, uh, Donald Trump didn't take his salary. What a guy. It's like, oh no, he just had the hotel. Yeah, he was selling toilet paper with Hillary's face on it. Now he's like, selling Let's Go Brandon NASCAR flags. <laughs> he's, the, you know, Ron Co. Food Dehydrator of Presidents. <laughs> sure, yeah, I get it. It's it is Krusty the Clown. And it's, and uh, Latoya's probably going to do that too. A hundred percent. She's going to go around speaking. Oh yeah. At college, maybe community colleges afterwards. <laughs> She's going to show up at Dillard. Dillard's. Uh, about how she saved everyone from the coronavirus, <laughs> yes. Uh, the next story that we had from her is that the uh, City Hall has decided they are not going to move the municipal auditorium uh, into the municipal auditorium. They were talking about taking it away from Duncan Plaza, moving it into there, because you know it is an 
old, decrepit, abandoned mm-hmm. building that has been uh, empty since Katrina. And the city said, the residents here said, no, we like our abandoned old building with nothing in it. This is way better than an actual functioning building that is going to get redone. So now we, I was walked by the municipalitarian <laughs> my way to go see John Mulaney the other night. And, uh, yeah, it's just a piece of shit just sitting there, just completely empty. Now, completely is, that, useless. is that the one that they were saying that they were like, no whatever in the Treme, like yes. no courthouse no, in the Treme. No city hall. No Treme. city hall in the Treme. Uh-huh. I remember that, and it struck a chord with me. Because I used to tell a joke about gentrifying in the city. And I said, gentrify everything because it's great. Yeah. Like, people (laughs) that moved here six months ago from Portland are like, you can't put a Wendy's there. That's the historic lot where somebody got beaten to death with a hammer. Don't pave over our culture with conveniently located food and lighting. That's That's what that is. Yeah. It is literally an abandoned building for almost 20 years. It's going to be another 20 years of it being an abandoned building, yeah. too. I guess we've just decided we like abandoned buildings better. Uh, there are plenty of them to choose from. <laughs> and Drew Brees ain't going to be putting in, you know, the FEMA response center in any of these places. No. So, I, I mean, it's one of the very few things I agreed with the mayor on was like, Hey, we've got this building. We've got these funds that are exclusively dedicated to this one specific thing, which is to redo this building. And we need a new city hall because ours is falling apart at the seams. And everyone's like, no, we've got a beautiful abandoned building here. You can't (laughs) knock that down. That's part of our heritage. Uh, Very frustrating. Knock it down. Put up a statue of Mr. Okra and let the junkies shoot up there. Also, yes, like you put a bumper sticker on your Subaru that's like, no, City Hall in the Treme and Bernie. It's like <laughs> you drive a Subaru. You don't have to put bumper stickers. We know your we beliefs. Know. We, we know. <laughs> no, no CVS anywhere. <laughs> no one deserves medicine. Let's keep that lot of tires. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, these are the same people that were like protesting very hard when LSU built that giant hospital, you know, at, at Tulane uh, and Canal, or sorry, Tulane, right by the interstate, you know, the, where the VA is and LSU and all this stuff. And it's like that is so good for that area to have like something there. And for the people who live around there to have like a real functioning hospital. Yeah. And like a really like rather than charity hospital that is also abandoned, decrepit building. It's like. No, we're going to fight this tooth and nail because it's terrible for everybody to have a nice new hospital. That's just the way we do things here. Yeah. I remember that with like the St. Rock Market. And it was like, you know who also likes and kind of deserves nice stuff? Poor people. Yeah. Poor people like a night out whenever the fuck they can do it. Yeah. They deserve, you know, a hand rolled ice cream from somebody with a nose ring. (laughs) Just like everybody else. Uh, Believe it or not, last story of our local roundup, uh, the city having trouble enforcing the short-term rental property laws. Oh. So they came up with a bunch of laws about short-term rentals, and then it turns out 
that nobody gives a shit about them mm-hmm. and uh, they have no idea what's going on because they can't enforce people turning left in front of no left turn signs. And they really have no ability. They can't stop people from murdering each other in the middle of the day. In front of no murder signs. <laughs> like, uh, so believe it or not, they don't know what it's going on here. This was a great... Uh, it was, this is just a wonderful couple of paragraphs. Uh, platforms like Airbnb do not identify a roster of units when remitting sales tax to the city, leaving finance staff unable to verify if the payments are for the actual number of units in commerce. Hmm. The city audits the companies annually, but the companies do not provide discernible information like real estate tax ID numbers. The revelation surprised Jay Banks on the city council, who said Airbnb and other rental platforms could could be free to cheat the city at will. They very well could be beating us every time they send in a check. It is a problem, no doubt about it. <laughs> well, it seems like you guys would have the ability to, you know, uh, change that or enforce it or do something. You are the ones who make the law and so therefore airbnb is just sending in a random amount of money and saying yeah this is this is the taxes yeah why don't you guys figure that out (laughs) just figure out where it goes to that's phenomenal that's how taxes work around the board (laughs) you know like you have to do your own math for your taxes (laughs) and then the government's like wrong it's like well if you knew the correct number why didn't you tell me Yeah, if you, if you know, just send me the a bill. The government knows when you don't pay enough, but you can't just ask the government, well, how much do I pay? They also know when you pay too much. Come on. It's uh, it's very, yes, I know. Just send me a bill. I'll take send the me a bill. I know. So Airbnb has literally just been like, hey, uh, New Orleans, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Here's a, uh, a random amount of money. You guys decide if you want it or not, and you have absolutely no way of figuring out how many of Airbnb units are actually in the city and how much money we're actually charging for taxes. Because they charge for taxes mm-hmm. in the thing. It just has no idea whether or not that money is actually then going back to the city. Pretty impressive uh, accounting there by Airbnb. I buy some Airbnb stock. It's fairly genius. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, in four years, uh, Amazon will buy Airbnb and it will be a streamlined <laughs> system. Because as I've said before, in four years, this will be Amazon Presents New Orleans. <laughs> they will own the city. I'm fine with it. They'll have robots <laughs> keeping the water away. Won't be worse. Let's do it. We got it. Uh, that takes us into your favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen. Segments! The Worst. The Worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Email them in polkandkush at gmail.com. Polk and Kush on Twitter, Polk and Kush on Parlor, <laughs> Polk and Kush on Grinder, Polk and Kush on Ello. J Date. Remember Ello? <laughs> Just Kush on J Date. <laughs> Polk on G Date. That's genteel, not gay. Here's a story from one of our old favorites. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is from Fox News. Oh, yes. I've heard of them. Our uh, old buddy, Florida man. Yeah. Arrested. Mm -hmm. Nothing shocking thus far. For throwing an alligator through a drive-thru window. (laughs) 
And I believe I've already mentioned Wendy's on the podcast once. Yes. So it's if a, you're thinking sponsorship, yeah. I'm thinking Wendy's. Yeah. That's not, that's the Arby slogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A Florida man was arrested Monday and charged with assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill after allegedly, it's not allegedly, there's a photo. I mean, it's like, I think, think this man may have thrown, <laughs> throwing an alligator through a fast food chain's drive through window. Joshua James, 24, threw a three and a half foot alligator through a Palm Beach County. Wendy's drive through window nearly four months ago, according to Florida Fish Wildlife and Conservation officials. He was also charged with illegally possessing an alligator. <laughs> well, he, he, he I hope possessed the alligator. Did he file the serial number <laughs> off of the alligator? And petty theft. Man, I'm funny sometimes. What? A report that James drove his pickup truck to the window at about 1.20 a.m. was written by wildlife officer Nichols Guerin. When an employee handed James his drink, he tossed an alligator through the window and sped off. You have to do it after the food, not after the drink. That is true, yes. Why didn't you wait for the food to get there? Also, keep the you can just brandish the gator. Was there a disagreement of some kind? No one was hurt, and Garen captured the alligator and released it into the wild. James was tracked down through video surveillance and a purchase at a neighboring convenience store. I guess he went there to buy cigarettes for his alligator after... <laughs> I guess he had to buy food after he didn't get the food because he'd already thrown the alligator into the window. This mentions nothing of an altercation. It does mention that he had to go in uh, a mental health test and has now <laughs> refrained from possessing any weapons, which I presume includes alligators. So they're saying it's not a deadly weapon to throw uh, a... Uh, how, how big was the alligator? Three and a half feet. Yeah. is not That's not a deadly weapon to throw that at well, a human being well, no, in they, a drive-thru um, line? Let's see. Well, the person's at work? I got an alligator thrown at me. I think you should charge this person with a deadly weapon. It looks like it's just possessing the reptile is the charge. Did the so the gator jumped, I guess, from the seat? It wanted a, one it, of those singles? He threw it. He spun it around. <laughs> Smell that chili. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants chili at 1.30 in the morning? Oh. The alligator does. There's a photo of the alligator. <laughs> I'll show it to you. Maybe I, I won't tweet it. I always say I'll tweet. <laughs> I never will. But I won't. There is an alligator in this Wendy's. It doesn't look that crazy. It looks like you could overcome this alligator. Sure. However, yeah. somebody could throw a snake in a Wendy's. That would cause mayhem. Yes. Just any gator in general is going <laughs> to cause uproar. Look, there's one guy working at Wendy's right now anyway. Dave Thomas is there. <laughs> And he's cooking, he's taking orders, he's putting out the mega bar. <laughs> Man, remember when Wendy's had a salad bar? That was the shit. The mega bar. It was so good. And they had the newspaper print tables. Oh, man. Everything was piss yellow. <laughs> Those were the days. And they had, like, the terrarium. Uh-huh. Like you're a plant eating your <laughs> chicken nuggets. I also remember when Wendy's didn't have chicken nuggets, and that was a special item. That is true. I remember they came back in the four-pack. That was big, uh, a big big boost for the Wendy's. Anyway, this is the Wendy's old-time fashion hamburger Look, hour. Look, we said at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> that it can change course, and now I want to talk about the terrarium at Wendy's. <laughs> they had pudding there. That place was awesome, man. And now it's just, you know, another fast food place. 
These with, are the, with, you know, alligators inside of it. It's a sign of the times. So if you're listening to Polk and Kush, do not throw an alligator in a fast food restaurant. Throw a tire in. <laughs> if you were at work and someone threw a, a reptile in your workspace, what reptile would you prefer it to be? Probably a snake, because then it could take care of all the mice. <laughs> Do snakes eat roaches? That would be helpful. I yeah, that, that would be nice. <laughs> Those roaches are pretty aggressive. And my last question is, what time do they make the chili at Wendy's? <laughs> and what time do you think is like the deadline of like, well, I'm not going to eat the chili at Wendy's. <laughs> they make the chili first thing in the morning. There's no more than one pot of the chili, right? Well, There's one giant Kevin Malone's giant bowl of chili, <laughs> and they make it to start the day, and then they just don't touch it and like just let it simmer for fourteen to fifteen hours. Well, you're saying make the chili as if there's somebody with you know a big boat paddle <laughs> in the back just stirring it around. I'm sure it's a bag being opened. That's probably true. And poured into a microwave bowl. Yeah, there's probably something boiling. What right? time do they do that? <sighs> Wendy's is open. Do they have chili at breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> like a chili chicken sandwich. A nice please. breakfast chili. That seems like something you can get in Albuquerque. Uh, I, I think if you order the chili more than 45 minutes after they make it, you're just asking to spend the day on the toilet. Yeah, that's a good chance with Wendy's anyway. It's like, I would like to make an appointment with my toilet today. <laughs> I'd like a large chili. Sarah, please. cancel my one o'clock. I'll take a baked potato and an appointment with the toilet. Um, it was wonderful being on this program today. We love each and every one of you for listening. God knows if you're still listening to this part of the program that you love us too. So please like, rate, subscribe, rate, subscribe, and tell your friends. Go to Ale on Oak, buy houses from Jansen. We love, and of course, if you uh, draft kings. Promo code Kush. Kush, K-U-S-H. So whenever you can start putting some money in there, do that. Uh, we love you. We'll see you next week right here. Polk and Kush. See ya.